In today's podcast, we start with some not-so-positive sermon feedback. Then we visit Harvard twice. We look at the world in black and white, and we find the connection that most people weren't looking for between medicine, basketball, and the movie Ghostbusters, all on the way to answering the question, can you see the gorilla? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. It's been a fairly common occurrence for me to have the following conversation with people in the churches that I've served. I will preach a sermon or teach a class in which I tell a story, and it's a story about something that happened to me through which I later realize God was working in my life or in the world in a way that I didn't at first recognize. A church member will later say, I really enjoyed your sermon, but I have to tell you, that stuff never happens to me. You're a minister, so God works in your life, but I go through my life And I have to tell you, Dan, I have never seen a single thing that made me aware of God's work in my life. This podcast will tell you why that is. Hint, it isn't because God's not at work in their lives. And I'll offer a really simple solution to remedy it. I graduated from college with a degree in psychology, which I have always said was a degree in trivia. My friends who studied economics, physics, or math were all in fields that tended to be far more focused. But psychology is a field that wonderfully wanders through pretty much any and every aspect of human existence, and then some non-human existences as well, since it also studies animals. We did a lot of rat studies when I was in college. Over 20 years ago, two psychology professors at Harvard Simmons and Chabrice, I don't know if I got those correctly pronounced, but designed an experiment to measure an element of perception. The experiment was simple, really simple. Each test subject was shown a video, and in the video, there are three young people dressed in black and three young people dressed in white, and the group in black shared a single basketball, as did the group in white. The subject of the experiment was given the task of watching the video and trying to count the number of times the people in white passed the basketball. Okay, to give you a sense of how this worked, the people in white only passed to the people in white, and the people in black only passed to the people in black. As they passed the basketball, all six people stayed together in a fairly tight group. And to make the task more complicated, they all darted in and out of each other in a weaving pattern to make following them more challenging. At the end of the video, the test subject was asked two questions. First, how many passes did you count? Second, did you see the gorilla? Now, I know that second one's a strange question, but bear with me for just a second. The whole video only lasts for a little over 20 seconds. And in the middle of this video, someone in a gorilla costume walks into the middle of the group, which is still passing the two basketballs. The gorilla stops right in the middle, turns to the camera, and beats its chest. Then strolls casually, I guess if a gorilla strolls casually, out of the group and off screen. 
Okay, here's the really interesting part. About 50% of the test subjects missed the gorilla entirely. They never saw it. And yet, if you watched this video and you weren't given the task of counting, it seems unlikely that you could have missed it. Impossible, even. And I'll leave a link to the video on my Facebook page in the show notes of this podcast. Now, this particular experiment was run at Harvard, and I might guess that they used students as their test subjects. It certainly looks like they used students to make the video. And if you've ever seen the movie Ghostbusters, this may evoke for you, it did for me, the scene at the beginning where Bill Murray is using college kids to see if they have ESP. Get a little tired of this! You volunteered, didn't you? We're paying you, aren't we? Yeah, but I didn't know you were going to be giving me electric shocks. What are you trying to prove here, anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement on ESP ability. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is! It's pissing me off! Well, then maybe my theory is correct! You can keep the five bucks I've had! I will, mister! Okay, the Harvard study didn't apply electric shocks. But how serious is a study that uses college kids as the subjects? Or worse yet, how serious is a study that has an adult in a gorilla suit wander on screen and beat his chest towards the camera? This is exactly the kind of experiment that caused my physics, chemistry, and biology friends in college to say they didn't think psychology should even be allowed to have its offices in the science building at our university. So, along comes a new researcher at Harvard, of course, and this time the experiment uses radiologists. Now, radiologists seem more serious, don't they? You just have to respect an experiment that uses radiologists as its test subjects. Now, as an ordained minister, I've spent a lot of time in hospitals, both as a seminarian, because we had to do an internship in a hospital, and later as a minister. And I've had the opportunity upon occasion to watch radiologists work. They are an amazing group of people. Their attention to detail and ability to recognize patterns is amazing, as I said. It was not unusual for a radiologist to show me a picture and say something like, this is a normal picture on the left, and this is a diseased picture on the right. But to my eye, they were identical. Even when the radiologist began to explain the difference between the two pictures, I, I couldn't see it. I just couldn't see the difference in the slightest. So at Harvard, they ran the same experiment again, but this time with radiologists. Okay, okay it wasn't the same experiment, exactly. They didn't have the doctors watch basketball. Instead, they gave them a picture of a lung. The picture was a typical scan of a lung that a radiologist would look at to determine if there was any cancer present. But superimposed on the black and white lung scan was a black and white picture of a person in a gorilla suit with their fist above their head like they were shaking it. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes and on my Facebook page. Obviously, the radiologists are going to be more successful than students, but how much more successful? Is there really going to be much of a difference? As opposed to the task that the students were given, the doctors were being given something that they did and they saw all the time. So we expect them to be better at recognizing differences in something that was so much more familiar to them. This is more akin to you coming into your workplace or your living room 
and seen a gorilla and then being asked if you recognized it? Well, in this study, it turns out that the radiologists did worse, not better, and a lot worse. 83% of them never saw the gorilla that was pasted into the lung scan. Now, before we assume that this means that 83% of radiologists are horrible at their job, it actually tells us quite the opposite. They are good, really good, hyper-focused on their job to the exclusion of all else. Now, this phenomenon has a name. It's called inattentional blindness, and it has a lot to say about many areas of life. What we are told to look for profoundly shapes what we wind up seeing. This is important in any number of fields like medicine or flight or airplane inspections or health inspections, and you can probably think of a lot more. But how does this relate to God? Well, that's a good question. I can't count the number of times people have come to me and said something like this. I want to start a routine of reading the Bible. Do you have some suggestions on how I go about it? I always recommend the same thing. If you are able to do it, read scripture before your day gets started. I know not everyone is a morning person, but there are some pragmatic reasons for doing this. First, if you leave it to the end of the day, it's far more likely to get pushed aside by other things that arise later on. Also, at the end of the day, we are more likely to be tired or even distracted by the events of the day and really not focused on what we're reading. But the truth is, those those really are just secondary reasons. If you read scripture in the morning, you will be amazed how often the passage you read relates to some aspect of your day. Read scripture at the beginning of your day, and it's a way to counteract your own inattentional blindness. Beginning your day with reading scripture or whatever holy texts are of your tradition is a way of informing your conscious and subconscious self what to be looking for during your day. Now, I should say, this isn't some sort of mysterious, spiritual, mystical thing that's going on. This is a psychological process. So, the truth is, if you were to read poetry at the beginning of your day, you would discover probably that those poetry texts inform your day. So we're not doing something mystical or mysterious with Scripture. We're just taking those important texts and placing them at the beginning of our day to help inform what we will be looking for during the rest of the day. If you're interested in trying this, there is a schedule of Scripture divided up over two years that we use in my tradition. If you were to read these every day, you would have worked your way through much of Scripture, and in this case, I mean the Bible, over two years. Again, I will offer a link to this. Just remember, there is in this system an Old Testament, a New Testament, a gospel reading, and there are a couple of Psalms every day. So I strongly suggest you commit to just reading one of those readings. I suggest the gospel so you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the four Gospels. Whichever one of those four happens to be assigned for the reading for the day, then read that on any given morning. And if you want to read more, you can, but you don't feel overwhelmed by the obligation and the enormity of all these readings. 
you don't get more of an effect by reading more. You get the full effect just by reading something. But the reality is you can achieve the same effect in other ways. You could begin your day with some prayer, and at the end of the prayer time, give yourself a question for the day, such as, where am I seeing God at work in my life? What opportunities to help am I presented with? Where is God leading me to be generous? Or where is God leading me to listen? And then what you can do is tomorrow in your prayer time, you'll include these things that you noticed today into your prayer time tomorrow. And you don't even need a new question for each day. You can keep the same one for a week or even a month. You could easily spend a month or more going into your day with the challenge that God is going to offer you an opportunity to serve someone else today. Your goal is to recognize it. It's a strange thing to realize what strong effect this inattentional blindness has on our lives, and it's equally surprising how easily its grip can be broken by just giving ourselves something new to look for. I hope you have a great day. And I hope for you that on this day and every day, you are gifted with the opportunity to see God at work all around you. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, remember that I will put the links I talked about during this podcast in the show notes of this podcast, as well as on my Facebook page. And you can find me on Facebook and on YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me by email, my email address is dan at skypilot, no fancy spelling, just S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone, dan at skypilot dot zone. As always, I'd love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot FaithQuest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. Thank you.